Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Tuesday, June 29th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. The federal government plans to start sending payments to black farmers this summer as compensation for denying loans and assistance over generations, effectively transferring farmland to their white neighbors. Advocates say it's only a start. Do I want handouts? Absolutely not. I just want to be treated fairly. We'll hear from some farmers and researchers who are working to preserve Black-owned farmland and the rich history of African Americans in agriculture in just a few minutes. Congresswoman Cori Bush is offering sweeping legislation that places health care at the center of stabilizing public safety. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum has more from the St. Louis County Democrats' appearance on St. Louis on the Air. Bush wants to create a new agency within the Department of Health and Human Services that researches and funds health-centered approaches to public safety. That could include using social workers or mental health counselors to respond to crime as opposed to solely police. Bush says the approach in her legislation departs from how the federal government uses the Department of Justice for crime fighting and public safety efforts. Once this division is moving and off the ground um, and we have the data to show how well it's doing, then we're able to move more things out of the DOJ and put it where it belongs. Bush's proposed legislation provides about $10 billion to state and local governments to either hire personnel or fund programming. I'm Jason Rosenbaum. St. Louis Public Radio. The U.S. Supreme Court has revived claims of excessive force against St. Louis police officers in a case in which a homeless man died after being restrained in handcuffs and leg shackles. In an unsigned opinion, a majority of the court agreed to send the case back to a lower court for further review. Attorneys for the homeless man's parents had argued the facts of the case mirror the circumstances of the killing of George Floyd. St. Louis officials told the justices that the only similarities between the two cases are, quote, drug use and heart disease. A project to generate electricity using wind turbines in Kansas and distribute that power in the Midwest and East Coast is moving forward. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports an attempt to halt the project in Missouri failed in the state legislature. Some Missouri lawmakers wanted to prohibit utility company Invenergy from using eminent domain to acquire land for the Grain Belt Express transmission line. Even though that effort failed, the company says eminent domain will be a last resort. It's already purchased 45 percent of the property it needs through voluntary negotiations with landowners. Even with the land acquisition progress and some preliminary ground preparation work underway, construction of the line won't begin until 2023. Invenergy also says several Missouri companies will see reduced utility costs after the line is finished, including more than a million dollars in annual savings to customers in Rolla. In Jefferson City, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. Expired Illinois licenses and state IDs will be good until January 1st of next year. That's after Governor J.B. Pritzker signed a law pushing the deadline for renewal following long lines at Secretary of State offices. Secretary of State Jesse White had already pushed the deadline for renewing licenses and state IDs several times due to COVID. He shuttered driver's service facilities for months at a time during the pandemic's first and second waves last year. Reopening after those closures has meant waiting in long lines 
sometimes for multiple hours. A new state law pushes the most recent deadline for license and state ID renewals, August 1st, back five months to the first of the year. The federal government plans to start sending payments to black farmers this summer in recognition of how it denied them loans and assistance over generations. Yet, as David Condos of the Kansas News Service reports, the money comes too late to reverse the decades of damage caused by discrimination in farming. Janella Holmes walks along the edge of a field of golden wheat near the northwest Kansas town of Nicodemus. And so this section right here she heads the Kansas Black Farmers Association. And, uh, and back in 1877, her great-great-grandfather joined the wave of homesteaders who staked their claims here. All of this was black-owned at one time. Six by six miles, black-owned, black-settled, and I wanted you to just see just how vast it is. Nicodemus is the last remaining town out of many that were settled by formerly enslaved people who migrated from the south to the western frontier. Kansas alone had about a dozen black farming colonies. When you think about farming in the historical context of African Americans and migration, what you see is the land is the draw. Angela Bates is another descendant of those Nicodemus settlers. She runs the town's historical society. At its peak, she says the land here was home to nearly 150 black farmers. But today, no one's farming in Nicodemus right now. There's a few black farmers who live in neighboring towns, but not many. It's a pattern that's repeated across the country. A hundred years ago, Kansas was home to upwards of 150,000 acres of black-owned farmland. That number's now closer to 10,000. Nationwide, about 90% of the acres that were once black-owned has slipped away. If something is not done in the next few years, the next generation, meaning like 30 years from now, we could literally be talking about there's only a few hundred black farmers left in this country. Thomas Mitchell is a law professor at Texas A&M University and a member of the Land Loss and Reparations Project research team. He says systematic discrimination by the U.S. Department of Agriculture drove one black farmer after another off their land. This wasn't the exception to the rule. This wasn't a bug. This was a feature of the system. By the government's own admission, many black farmers couldn't get money to buy land or operate their farms because they were denied credit for bogus reasons. And when the farmers filed complaints, the USDA often did nothing. So now the federal government is offering around $4 billion to make amends, paying off loans of farmers who survived despite racist policies. But Mitchell says his team's preliminary research puts the actual amount of wealth black farmers have lost at $300 billion. I got something I'll show you. Bernard Bates, Angela's cousin, was one of those farmers. At his home west of Nicodemus, he thumbs through a stack of faded color photos from when his farm was foreclosed on nearly 40 years ago. Yeah, that's when they loaded some of my machinery. They sold our machinery first, then they sold the land. Among the papers on his desk sits an affidavit from a local loan officer. It says the credit association denied Bates the help he needed to keep his farm afloat, deliberately to push him out of farming. His 950 acres, the homestead, even the wheat he had harvested were all taken away. My wife tells everybody, yes, if I had a gun, I said I'd probably shot somebody. So we done worked all hard all year, and they, we still didn't watch them steal wheat all night long. Bates was part of a landmark USDA settlement in the 1990s that was supposed to send billions to black farmers who had been treated unfairly. But he says he's still waiting for that money. I haven't got a penny yet. And now the new federal effort to help black farmers is already getting pushback. 
Banks say they'll lose out on interest payments. White farmers have sued, claiming discrimination because they don't have access to it. Janella Holmes, the head of the Black Farmers Group, says her organization has received threats over the payments. Yet, she figures only a quarter of the farmers she works with will even be eligible. And many of the farmers who do qualify are skeptical about signing up. But if the relief does help any black farmers hold on to their land, she says it could be the first step toward making things right. Do I want handouts? Absolutely not. I just want to be treated fairly and put in a position where we can be at least on the football field. For the Kansas News Service, I'm David Condos in Nicodemus. The Kansas News Service reports on health and its connection to public policy. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.